0: guys, welcome back to the One Broke Actress Podcast. I am your host, Sam Valentine, bringing you an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, I can't believe it's March. Holy crap. Listen, the podcast season is flying by, but I want to make sure to stop and say thank you to all of you who have taken the time to listen to full episodes, to drop a rating and review. Truly, I know it sounds silly, and I know you hear podcasters say it all the time, but it is so important to the podcast. It makes it look so much more legit. And if you guys have listened this far... I'm pretty sure you probably think it's legit. I don't know. If not, you can email me and we can talk about it there. But if you guys haven't yet, please write a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to click that follow button because it just helps more actors find the podcast. Also, if you do rate the podcast, you should screenshot it and send it to me on Instagram and I'm going to post it on my Instagram story. And honestly, I'll probably send you like a thousand emojis because I just get really excited when people share those with me. So that's your incentive. I am really pumped to tell you about today's sponsor because it's the first time they've ever been on the podcast. And it's not the first time you've ever heard of them. I'm sure you've seen them all over Instagram, all over your feeds, your friends' headshots, all the time. Guys, the headshot truck is this week's sponsor. I'm actually about to go shoot with them uh, a little bit later today. I'm recording this on Sunday. And I'm really excited. I'm gonna go do some new commercial looks for my new commercial agent. And I'm I'm gonna make a whole IGTV video and share it on my Instagram so you guys can see what it's like to shoot with them. Um, so make sure to check that out at One Broke Actress on Instagram, and you can uh, see kind of how they work and what they do. I'm really excited though because they have a package with them called, get this, the Working Actor Subscription sign me up. The Working Actor subscription is a membership that allows you to update your headshots regularly throughout the year. You get six looks per year. You get 50 headshots plus per look you get to choose whether you want them inside or outside because they're based in the studio now and you get 25% off any add on. so if you want to add on an extra look while you're there you get a discount on that it's 49 bucks a month which I think is a really good price knowing that you can consistently shoot new headshots if you want them I'm very impressed with this and I think it's pretty genius I know when I first moved to LA I put so much pressure on myself to get the perfect headshot in the perfect shoot because I could only afford to do it once a year and it was this whole thing, right? But now you could have a subscription where you do it 49 bucks a month. You could get better and better at headshots. You could, you know, nail a look that you're specifically looking for. You don't have to figure out every character you're going to go out for at the same time. I just think it's such a great idea, especially, especially if you're getting used to new headshots or a new look. I I think this is such a genius thing. And because they're so awesome, they also gave us a discount code. So with the code BROKEFIRST, B-R-O-K-E-F-I-R-S-T, you will get the first month of that membership free. So that's a $49 value. Don't say I never gave you anything. But if you're not interested necessarily in signing up for a full subscription just yet, you can use the code BROKE100 for $100 off their unlimited looks package, which is one shoot session, and you get a free slate shot in there. So... Why not, why not knock it all out when you have your hair and makeup done, right? So that's Broke First for the first month free of the Working Actor subscription, or Broke 100 for $100 off their unlimited looks package. And make sure to check out my Instagram this week and I will share all the videos I take about what it's like to shoot with them. All right guys, we have reached the time. Should we talk about voices and accents and dialects? I think it's time, let's get to the podcast. (laughs) Today is a super special episode because I am joined by a dialect coach for the first time ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Jerome Butler has been a dialect coach for film, TV, and theater for over 20 years. His credits include shows you might have heard of like The Undoing, When They See Us, This Is Us, Just Mercy, The Plot Against America, Blade Runner 2049, Zero Dark Thirty, Whew. I could go on. Guys, he's pretty amazing, and today he's going to answer all your questions and more about dialect and accent coaching. We talk about simple ways to get started with dialect coaching, why this is so important for actors across the board, how dialect is not just representing a certain region, but also expressing things differently, which was something I had never thought about. I really liked his take on that and how it can aid actors in the process of figuring out character. And he also gives us some advice on where to start because the world of dialect accent accents is so large and broad and getting started in it can seem like an infinite universe so he definitely guides us in that today you guys are going to love his story as well as his enthusiasm for this work and I was a little intimidated because I was like oh my god is he going to be judging my voice and he did not in fact he made me feel extremely empowered in in the way I exist in the world and his website is bringing some of his special gifts to everyone Without further ado, please enjoy Jerome Butler. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you do and what exactly title you like to go by?
1: I am a dialect coach, and I look at a dialect coach as someone who helps an actor move from their normal speaking voice or their home speaking voice or their natural speaking voice to a way of communicating that's more appropriate for the character that they're playing.
0: Cool. And how did you get into this?
1: You know, I started out as an actor. Mm -hmm. um, And I, instead of waiting tables or, you know, being a bartender, uh, I always did teaching jobs. And by the way, it was because I I can't carry plates and I don't have confidence that I could uh, do drink orders. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm telling you, I'd have done it. Um, But. You know, I just, I I started teaching workshops, Uh, you know, I, uh, my first year, I did a national touring company with the acting company out of school, and, um, and, you know, I did some workshops on the road, and I always sort of did different teaching jobs, I've had a lot of different teaching experience, and that was always my meantime job.
0: Interesting, and so, was this specific subject something that came up, has it always been an interest of yours?
1: Well, you know, back in the day, I you know, I was always an actor who enjoyed using dialects and and that sort of thing. Um, uh, You know, when I first started out, uh, I would do, you know, uh, vocal warm-up exercises and workshops and that sort of thing. And I really started out, you know, my first uh, big job were as, you know, acting coaches and not even coaches, but acting teachers, you know, teaching acting classes and You know, I've done a lot of uh, acting uh, teaching. I've taught inside of prisons. I've taught uh, in um, graduate programs. Um, I taught at MIT for a year. And in the early days, that's a lot of what I did. Workshops and and that kind of thing. And it was great, you know, as an actor, I was able to draw on what I uh, knew as an actor. And I think it was one of the reasons why it it helped me be effective. And I think in in many ways, I'm still drawing on that now. One of the things when you're a dialect coach is it's important to know, you know, you're kind of like a doctor. First, do no harm. And learning, knowing how to stay out of the way is a big part of the job.
0: So when... When you got started in this, were you teaching like a handful of specific dialects? Like, how does someone start in this business? Because a lot of actors hearing the fact that you avoided the restaurant business are probably Mm -hmm. very intrigued by that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had the opportunity later on to... I knew people who were working as uh, coaches, and I knew, I knew people who were teaching. I knew someone who taught at the, the uh, Los Angeles High School for the Arts, mm-hmm. and I started doing voice and speech uh, classes there. Wonderful uh, school, and I think it's even gotten better as time has gone on. And they really looked at things and made serious demands of of the students and in that program. And so it was a great place to teach. And then I knew someone who through that, and I started just sort of subbing for different people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I I did some work at the uh, Lee Strasberg Institute. And that was a a, a big, a, a big gig for me because yeah. it was interesting because I, I can't say how, tremendously effective I was for the students because the class sizes were way too big. You know, I mean, I've got, you know, 17, 18, uh, you know, people from 17, 18 different countries in a single class and, and we've got an hour and a half. I mean, it was sort of (laughs) of absurd, but for me, it was amazing because I was really, you know, because I was really trying to, uh, you know, affect change. Uh, and people, I got to know how a lot of different people from a lot of different language groups uh, communicated when they spoke English. And that was a big step forward. So, so really, you know, as with anything else, I always like to say whatever you say yes to on a consistent basis, five years later, that's exactly where you'll be. And that is positive or negative, uh, oh, I
0: like that. So, yeah,
1: it, it, I, I believe it's, I believe it has certainly been the case for me. And so different things come your way, you take advantage of them, the, the things that I said yes to and, and gave me opportunities. And because if you're someone who enjoys teaching and finds that that engages you and finds that that gives you a certain a uh, sense of satisfaction to help someone, to be a resource uh, for someone, then you really learn a lot just by finding ways to accomplish that goal. And that was pretty much my story, I think.
0: That's so cool. I love when people find what they're doing based off of what has been asked of them. I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah, it's a good coming- way of putting it, actually.
0: Thank you. Uh, As someone whose uh, extent of dialect training was the one class I took in college, Mm -hmm. um, take me through-
1: What did you you learn in that class?
0: That I'm not very good at dialects.
1: (laughs) I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I
0: don't uh, believe it. I had vocal nodes. Um, I probably still have Mm. them actually, but I don't Mm. um, aggravate them as much because I don't you know, college binge drink or stay up shouting until two o'clock in the morning anymore so i treat I treat myself a lot better than I did in college, but yes. what uh, great
1: I, research though
0: yeah truly, you learn how to really access your <laughs> voice uh If you go back and listen to the first episodes of this podcast, I do not sound as clean as I do these days, but in terms of that uh work where does an actor start with this if they have minimal training maybe they've just always spoken from like a midwestern place or something like that Mm -hmm. where do you start with working on it does it start in a self-discovery way
1: that is a really fantastic question and it's something that i've thought a lot about it's one of the things that my website dialect coaches corner tries to address and and be a resource for, because that is always the question, where do I start? And I think that working with a coach or taking a speech class is always a good idea. You know, you could, you could go to a community college where you are and for, for, you know, for 75 bucks, you could probably take a 10 take a week course. You know, with somebody just on the phonetic alphabet, or 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 not even it won't even be about dialects. It may be an accent modification course. It may be a public speaking course. You could use you could learn a tremendous amount in in those places because anywhere where you are actually putting yourself uh, and engaging within the process of communicating with other people, you're going to learn a tremendous amount about who you are, what you have to offer, what kind of things work for you and what you have to be or do to be more effective as a communicator.
0: Okay, great, great. And do you think that there's like a a, a foundation that is usually built before you start to, let's say someone like me who was raised in the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, used to have a mix of like this Chicago, Oklahoma <laughs> accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes still do when I'm very tired. And uh, call I call that want the to,
1: breakfast of champions.
0: It's uh, the breakfast Chicago of Chicago and
1: Oklahoma, that's the <laughs> breakfast of champions. Right
0: there. I was very, very Midwest. I would say pop <laughs> and I call my mom and like all that good stuff. Um, yes, yes. So, so is there a foundation that someone like me who doesn't really have any experience that they would build on to get to a place where they can try out and learn new things? Because everything feels kind of far away. It feels like I'm being silly when I put on an accent or dialect.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think the thing to realize as a speaker of of a language is that there are so many things that you do instinctively that you don't have to think of that someone who's learning the language puts a lot of work into. Mm. Right? And one of the things that I think it's is important for someone who's in the Scenario where you described, and they want to get better is to understand that in English, sounds are in different categories, and we could use those categories, our knowledge of those categories, to learn various dialects. So if I have an E as in beat category, we've got B, C, even, teacher medial medium right there are all of these words greet you know now that i start to rhyme i can just go on and on and on they're all they're all e words they have e in in the primary stressed syllable right Mm -hmm. and if we look at that container that group that category of words we know that if we're from the Midwest. We might have a little bit more nasality, high face mask resonance in that sound, right? And it might be a little higher. E, 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 e. Mm-hmm. If we're if we're from a southern state, it it might be a little little lower, and it might it might have a e. It might even have a bend in it potentially. yes i can Um, hear it yeah and 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 if we're and if we speak uh you know if we're on the west coast it might even be lower and lax and it might be e e e right so but all the words are the category doesn't change right? right the category doesn't change and once you start to realize that in the language you have all these groups of words and you start getting clear about where different words live, generally speaking. I mean, there's some movement, but for the most part, you know, 95% of the words in any given category stay right there. They're just pronounced in different places and perhaps with slight variations, regardless of what dialect you're doing. And then that actually does a phenomenal amount just to help you listen. So if you go to dialectcoachescorner.com, I mean, uh, all of my practice pages are up there, right? Easy. And that's really why I, cre- I created the website so it would be a place that I could take my clients to when we were working on something because that's how I work. It's like, cool. okay, okay, for this dialect, This category does this, this category does that. We change this sound to that, right? If you, so what you do is you go to the practice page, you actually get agreement on what you're working to do. And then you practice it. You practice it in words, you practice it in phrases and you practice it in sentences. And eventually once you start to demystify what that means for you personally, then you make it your own, and you're off to the races, you That's
0: see. so cool. Does that come with an audio function as well?
1: Each one of the pages has audio and you could listen and repeat after it. With, but I do need to make this caveat, right? That really what's the most useful is the, the pages themselves without the audio. The audio, the well, the audio is there. The audio is all uh, from a general American point of view, right? So in other words, all the audio files are spoken in a general American file, in a general American style. All the audio is spoken in a general American style. So that's great for someone if they want to, If they want to modify their accent, if they're from the UK they want to learn a general American, if they're from Australia or if they're Dutch or if they're from Asia or wherever they're from and they want to take on a more general American pronunciation, for whatever reason, those audiophiles are great for them in that regard. Now we're putting up new material all the time and we'll eventually start to add other files with other dialects. But again, going back to the first point that I made, the categories are where the gold is, you see. And that's why it's meant for dialect coaches as well. Other dialect coaches can take their clients there, use the same pages, to teach them what they need to know. It's not just for, it, it's, I mean, I use it all the time, but it's also, there as a research, a resource. It's also, there as a resource for other coaches to use it with their clients.
0: A lot of actors these days are being told by either reps or someone else that if casting wants something, they'll find that in a native version. Like, I feel like I've been told, you're never going to play a British girl because they're gonna find a British girl. So where does this fit in in our practice as something we should utilize?
1: I'm gonna go really bold here. And make a couple of bold statements, okay? To start with, William Goldman, I think, uh, the great screenwriter, uh, used to say this. It's an old Hollywood adage, nobody knows anything, okay? (laughs) So this idea about who's gonna do what, you you know, you don't know. You don't know if that's true. Nobody even knows what's gonna be popular next year, let alone who they're gonna want to play it, okay? So that's, that's one thing. And if, you know, if Meryl Streep had listened to that, then we wouldn't have all these phenomenal performances. Right. If Robert Downey Jr. had listened to that, we wouldn't have seen one of the one of the boldest portrayals, you know, that has come down the pike, you know, uh Tropic Thunder. If Forrest Whitaker had uh listened to that, we wouldn't seen his uh, Academy Award winning performance in The Last King of Scotland. Uh I think that there's probably Ugandans who could have played that role. Right. So never, ever, ever use an excuse like that to stop yourself from expanding as an actor.
0: Ah, I love the term expanding, that is great.
1: I, you know, never is a, is a, is a horrible thing to say with any uh, advice, but I don't think that it serves actors to do that. Now, now I'm gonna even take it one level deeper. There was a time not long ago before, you know, the truly global explosion of hip hop that people said, oh, well, you know, you'll never have an African-American actor who's the highest paid actor in the world. That'll never happen. You know, this before Will Smith, you know, before Sam Jackson became an international star, you know, this is what I will say. And then I'm gonna stop. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. No, it's a great, I love it.
1: The world is already shifting under our feet. The world has already totally changed. Those of us walking around today, we just don't know it. Don't stop expanding. Keep growing.
0: Okay, great, perfect. Well, let's expand more. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this. Let's. I'd love to talk about. Uh, you mentioned the role of of prep in the dialect process. Can we can we open up that can of worms?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that the key is in the prep, or to use a sports metaphor, with what is it I was on right now? Yes. Uh, that...
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: Uh, you're unlikely to do anything in the game that you haven't repeated numerous times in practice. It's it's unlikely. So, I mean, really, I can only speak from experience. Uh, the actors who I've had the pleasure to work with on television and film projects, you know, they've all had one thing in common, and that's been a tremendously strong work ethic. And, you know, in my 20 years of, of working on film sets and prepping actors for projects i can count the exceptions to that really on one hand and and probably have a couple of fingers left over hmm. right i mean and and the other thing is prep doesn't look the same with different actors some people okay. are visual you know they want to they want to write things down right
0: yeah that was going to be my question and, is what what does prep even even mean
1: yes some people like to write things down you know they may want to use some kind of phonetic symbols or colors to to mark up their their scripts you know some folks want to uh, listen and repeat uh to different elements of the dialect you know after samples some actors find it physically in their bodies you know, whether it's uh, in the, their articulators, you know, the teeth, the lips, the, the jaw, the tongue, um, where it vibrates somewhere between their head and their toes. I mean, or what it feels like. I had an actor who this actually worked with, who were this. Some people really get a strong sense when they figure out how it feels when the person walks. You know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so So it doesn't matter how an actor gets it.
0: Yeah. If there's like character prep in that as well. Yeah.
1: I think it all comes down to character. Yeah. You know, I mean. when, When it comes to working with with dialects, at least, or when you're prepping for a role with the dialect at some point, everything that. I'm saying right now has to do with a thought process that I have, something that I'm trying to communicate. Uh, it has to do with who I am. It has to do with my comfort level. It has to do with um, how I think it's going. It has to do with my level of fatigue. It has to do with, you know, it speaks to my personality, right? It, it, it is being revealed at every moment during this interview.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when you're working on a role, the choices of whether or not you put an ING on a word or whether the tone goes up or the, fall, the inflection goes down has to do with what's going on in the moment. And as far as I'm concerned, when I'm working with an actor, I want her to be able to do whatever is required on the day. So I will, so I will, so I, at some point, it's like, I don't want you to f- pull out all the acting stops, but it's like, well, what would this line sound like if, if, if you were playing this moment? If you were playing this choice? And what would it sound like if you were playing that choice? Not because I'm giving an acting note, but speak, because I want you to feel what stressing this word how it's different in terms of a choice you have to make as opposed to stressing that word. I don't know which one you're going to decide is the right one, but I want you to have several that you love that you're, that you're comfortable with. And then you could pick the one that uh, is, is right for the moment.
0: We're talking a lot about on, on set work, obviously right now, Mm -hmm. but does this process really start even before an audition exists for a role with a dialect? It would be something that you would develop before as a skill before you auditioned or is it something that someone can work with you or on the website for an audition and then develop the skill from there for on-set work
1: oh sure yeah i've i've certainly done uh, uh, a lot of that and in group workshops and individually, you know, for sure, for mm-hmm. sure. And I think, it's, I think it's best done in advance. I, I'm all about giving actors agency and a, a feeling of ownership in terms of the process. The more an actor knows about the process, the further we can get when, when we work together. I love an actor who really has made a ton of decisions before they even call me. Yeah. I love that because, hey, okay, let's now, let's, let's start to cut the garlic so thinly that it
0: disappears in the pan. Okay, let's yes, go. Yes, I love that, yes, yes, yes.
1: So, yeah, yeah, so it, it uh, and, and this is something I've had the, the real uh, good fortune to, to work with a number of actors multiple times. And that's- that's, Your your
0: list looks pretty extensive.
1: It's been great. It's been great. But some of those actors, I first met them before they ever got a role. I first met them when they were trying to modify their accent to have more of a a general American accent, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. The commitment that actors bring to the table is always an inspiration to me it's always an inspiration to me and of course we all have examples of you know um people who are really successful and how inspiring they are and they are and that's great very very brief story i was going to go to vacation and there was an actor who wanted to work with me and i says well you know i mean um i'm i'm gonna be in barcelona you know, on this date, you can, you can meet me there. And really, I was joking. And he says, okay, I'll do it. And he did. He and his wife, they flew over to Barcelona, they were living in Europe. And we spent a couple of days working. That actor, I've worked with that actor at least half a dozen times uh, on film projects on television projects. And, you know, I mean, and this is just a guy who was in the trenches trying to get a leg up. You know,
0: that's our kind of people.
1: That's our kind of people. That's our kind of folks for sure.
0: I wanted to, I love this quote from your website that I pulled off, which says having an accent is nothing more than a byproduct of bringing rules from one language to another where the rules don't apply. I think this sums this up so beautifully. So I'd love to talk about that. I think I just, I love that quote so much in terms of accent work, it sometimes feels like a little out of reach, but thinking of it as societal speaking rules instead of uh, a completely new language is 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 really cool. It It
1: gives you the ability to just do the thing that the person is doing To create the accent as opposed to forcing the accent. I mean, that's why there's a there is a stereotypical aspect of every accent, you know. Um, and that then if I'm doing a, if I'm doing a, a, a Southern accent, I mean, that's a stereo, this is a stereotype, this is a stereotype right now. And I, and I'm sort of moving all around and now I'm kind of in Texas. I don't know. It's a kind of a stereotype and you know, it's a stereotype, but it, it has, it's in other words, it's not, it's not a real person, but it's got elements to it that we recognize as, as true.
0: Yeah. Which right. you referred to as a story element, which I like. Yes,
1: it tells us something about where the person's from. But I want to just stay for a moment on, on this idea of bringing rules from one language to another yeah. language or one speaking style to another speaking style. And, you know, I, I, if you just say, What's the matter? You're acting as mad as a hatter, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I just do one thing, I just change the style of my T's for matter, and hatter. And I just say, what's the matter? You're acting mad as a hatter. And I just, now I'm not doing anything but that. I'm keeping, I'm keeping my, everything else for my voice. I'm keeping exactly as it is. I haven't changed anything, right? right? Maybe I soften my R a little bit, but all of a sudden you start to hear something else. And that's the freedom that if we, if we start to understand the technical elements of a dialect and we just allow ourselves to do the thing that the person who has that dialect does, then suddenly something else starts to be revealed.
0: Yeah, and I, I put things mentally on that. Like I put things on that accent, the sound of that, that character, like yes. that character traits. I think of them when you speak differently.
1: Yes. And that gets, now that moves over to what you were focusing on in terms of uh, the story element, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, just pat myself on the back for that segue. Uh-huh. Yeah, you have, I really liked also what you said, because you said uh, a dialect is a story element in some way. Uh, as any other design aspect of production and the unique power an actor has to tell that story. That's awesome. I just love that it empowers actors too in so many ways because it opens doors to new nuances we might not even know we have access to.
1: Mm, yes, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I, you know, working on, working in production, whether it be film, television, or stage, and you know, you start to see all the different elements. It's so, it's so incredibly collaborative. But when, it, when push comes to shove, everybody is focused on the acting, everybody, right? The person who, is, who has uh, designed uh, designs the costumes, they're focusing on the actors. I mean, that's huge, you know, and, and smart actors understand the importance of that and they really get involved in that process prop totally you know what does my lighter look like you know what kind of watch am I wearing right um is the is the screen on my phone cracked you know yes (laughs) all of that sort of thing right yeah um so everybody's thinking about everything leads to to an aspect of the story so it all leads back to the to the acting and I and I think that what you just said in terms of that that basic example of of just changing one element in terms of how the articulation happens sends messages that say something to the listener about who that person is, why they're here at this point in the story and what they potentially mean for how the story's gonna be, how it's gonna come out, yeah. I think.
0: That's really fun.
1: Yeah, that's a lot of fun.
0: I love that.
1: that that's a lot of fun. And, and, and what the, the other thing that, that you said, which was great, is that it, it puts it in the actors, it puts the power in the actors' hands. Because, like for example, if you're doing a play, by the time you come in to start rehearsals, hey, they've already built the sets. You don't really, they, they've started, you have nothing to say. The costume design, it's pretty much done. You don't have a bunch to say about it. Mm-hmm. It say something about your makeup and that's kind of it. The lighting design, you have nothing to say about that. Really kind of ever.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> nor should I, because
0: I know, I know nothing about it.
1: <laughs> right, 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 I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying that you should, that point well taken. Um, <laughs> how you speak, the dialect that you use, how you choose to articulate those words, that there's so much opportunity there to paint the picture and to and to shade it in a way that only you can.
0: Yeah. Oh, that makes it so much more fun. Are there perhaps a handful of accents or dialects you think most actors should be able to grasp because it kind of feels like an a large world of options do you think that per maybe Mm. character type everyone should have a few um i know we're told not to put anything on our resume unless we're at like a high level of it
1: you know what i'm gonna say no Mm. i'm gonna say no only because i think it goes back to our initial thing of of that, that you know, oh, well, I'm never going to do this or that. And I think it would probably be more effective to start with where your interest is and say, well, actually, you know, do I do any voices? When I'm playing around, who do I do? Mm-hmm. And then follow that trail, follow your own, actors need to follow their imagination. I depend on actors following their imagination because that's all I'm ever doing in a, in a, in a session is following behind what the actor is wanting to do. They're the one who got the job. So.
0: Oh, fun. (laughs) Okay, fun. And for your website, uh, is there a way that you'd like people to utilize it? Is it something that they can just go on and start um, playing with now? Or what's your dream that someone would utilize the website? How they should?
1: That's a a really great question. I don't think we're quite there yet. But I think that what I would want is it to be a place where coaches can go to find resources to work with other actors and students with practice pages uh, and other resources there. I'd like it to be a place where actors can go and find resources to work on their own Mm -hmm. outside of their work with a coach. I would like it to be a place where actors can go and prep their auditions because there's a very, there's a phenomenally robust um, uh, uh, dialect and accent machine in there that actually utilizes IPA uh, and different phonetics to, to, uh, to mark your script, mark it up, score it, color it up, categorize it in different categories. You know there's a tremendous so so that's there, um, and it's a place where I would like um, uh, people who want to modify their accents, who want to speak with who, who want to improve for whatever reason their level or their their control over their English communication. I'd like it to be a place where they can go awesome. so uh, it, it's, uh, right now there's a, there are a lot of resources there. There are some, uh, there are, there are tools that let people know how to use, uh, uh, some of the elements in the site. There are flashcards there. Um, there's a podcast there that's got different, interesting subjects. Uh, Fantastic. uh there are how to videos on how to use, uh, the site. And so Great. Uh, growing, growing all the time.
0: Awesome. That is, that's fantastic. Is there anything else you want to leave us with or hit on today before we wrap things up?
1: I think the final thing that I would want to say is go out and find a way to do your thing, however you can get it done. And we're all coming, we're all still in the middle of an opportunity that has forced us to go into our own individual spaces mm. and 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 sort of manage them and sort of deal with interior spaces because we're not able to deal with exterior spaces. And I'm hoping that there's an opportunity for people to find tools on my website and on other websites to increase and grow their abilities with with dialects, with uh, speech, with uh, their skills in terms of communicating.
0: No better time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no better time free accounts on dialect coaches corner won't be free forever so take advantage of it while you can
0: Woo. all right awesome man thank you so much for coming on this has been really fantastic
1: it's been great sam and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak with your audience speak with you this has really been great i love what you're doing i love your your podcasts i've been listening to them and it's just fantastic information uh, and i'm glad to have been a part of the stream <laughs>
0: And that brings us to the end of today's podcast thank you guys so much for listening jerome thank you for dropping so much knowledge on us if you guys want to check out his website it is linked in the show notes so you can check out all the accents and dialect training he has listed there Thank you so much to our podcast sponsor, The Headshot Truck. Make sure to check out those links, guys, and use those codes. They're all listed in the show notes. And uh, and make sure to go to my Instagram and check out the video I did on what it was like to shoot for them. And send me any questions you have. I am happy to chat with you. Make sure you guys are subscribed, by the way, not just to this podcast, but to our email list because I am sending out a special edition of the email Later this week, I'm dropping the podcast, the bonus episode with Sarah Centrella, who was the author of our last book club book, Future Boards. So you have a bonus podcast coming up. And if you're subscribed to the email list, you'll get a link to our new book club book. So make sure you are on just all of the lists, guys. I email rarely and I take it very seriously. Thank you as always to Helena Santos for helping produce this podcast Thank you, Maggie Zabo, for your just angelic theme song. And guys, I will talk to you next week.